Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Alex, we are back. Yes, we are still here. Mm-hmm. I need to change uh, that up. Nah, we've been saying we're back for over 100 episodes here. I think we just keep it going. That is true. Uh, we don't have Daniel today, so I'm back. Daniel's gone. Um, he's got some stuff going on in his life. And no, then, he's good. He's all right. And then next episode is me and Daniel, and you yeah. won't be here. Yes, it is. And we'll all be back for <laughs> um, for Sunday, though, before the day before the deadline, actually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That works out. We won't have be like everyone else doing their deadline shows because we've been doing it for the past <laughs> four weeks. And today will be our last preview show when we look at the East Division a little while later, a.k.a. The big division with the Sabres, the Boston Bruins, they're kind of bad. Not as bad as the Sabres, who don't even have 10 ones yet. But you know what I really don't like, Alex, before we talk about hockey? Tell me. I hate Instagram. Oh. oh. I don't know how to use it. And so there was like this announcement for an anime I really like that got confirmed, right? JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, part six, Stone Ocean. And I put it on my story. Because you know how I use my story like I use Twitter, right? It's just like, here's the thing. Here's Adam's tidbit. And you pointed out to me, no one else did, that I put it up three different times. Yeah. You know how also in your Instagram profile bio, you can put your name and then you put whatever? So yeah. I didn't know when you messaged somebody <laughs> that whatever is there, it come, not your username, whatever you put in your name. So I liked the format a bit different. So I put Ryerson. I mean, Ryerson, obviously. Yeah. And one time I was messaging Taha and he's like, why is your username Ryerson 2022? And I'm like, do you know how long it's been like that? And no one told me. It's so dumb. Why is it not just the username? <laughs> that is, that's like true. Snapchat and you can just, just write your own name for somebody. It's so dumb. I remember the first, like when we first made the group chat with me, you and me, you and Daniel for the podcast and it was Ryerson 2022. I just assumed you were doing it on purpose. No. Oh, well, I guess. Uh, not disturb. God damn no, it. No, we Every know. God damn time. It's just uh, social media, man. That's why, I leave it, that's why I leave it. You and Daniel doing all the social media stuff. It's just too much. <laughs> just too much. Kind of like how I, I'm having, I know about you. And this is one I kind of wish we had Daniel here to have a third opinion of this because I am having a lot of trouble watching NHL games lately since the Tim Peel hot mic incident, hot yeah. mic incident, because I am overthinking every single penalty in games now. So like Montreal's last game against the Sens started bad game. We'll talk about it later. Gallagher takes a four minute high sticking call. Buddy drew blood. It was completely fair. But then there was this time when Montreal went on a run of getting calls. And then there was a blatant time during the third period. Nothing was getting called until there was a delay of game from the Sens because you have to call that. I am having so much trouble watching games without thinking, all right, here's the call. Here's a missed call. Okay, let's check the amount. Is it even calls? I don't know if that's just me, Alex, but. Uh, Sometimes, like, 
the first game, first Leafs game after the Tim Peel incident. <clears throat> sorry, there was the uh, there's the camera pan to the referee with Wayne Simmons and the referee talking. And I don't know if you saw, he was covering his mic. Yes. And it just made him look guilty. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why? Like, why are you doing that? He doesn't want to get in trouble. Doesn't want to. And I mean, Simmons I is... Guess. There have been some weird calls. We're going to talk about the Winnipeg little mini series that the Leafs just had. And, you know, there was a, a blatant missed call on Austin Matthews. Mm-hmm. And, and someone was very vocal about it. Yes. Don't know uh, who, but somebody. Yes. And then one broadcast clearly saw what was wrong. The other called him a diver. And if you just watched it, well, I, it, whatever. I just officiating, man. It's we're, We need to get to a breaking point here. It's just so there's actual betting sites. You know, you, you have the money to go bring in like George St. Pierre, some of you. So why don't other people be like, hey, NHL. Fix this. Get the real game going here. It's, it's it's so dumb. So dumb. You know what's not dumb? What? We have another name that looks like might get traded next week. <gasps> In Because it is Monday. Yeah, because we had Easter. In seven days, we're away from the deadline here. Uh, it looks that Kyle Palmieri is on his way out of New Jersey. His agent confirming that he would sit out yesterday's game against the Capitals in anticipation of a trade in the coming days or weeks. It was really funny when you see um, New Jersey tweet out precautionary reasons and then his agent's like, yeah, we want it. Trade's happening. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I am a little surprised at this, that they couldn't get an extension done. And I, I've said it before, um, and, and I even said it last offseason. I think this is a guy you want to keep in a way mm-hmm. uh, just because he's been there. He's He's been through the lows. And there are certain guys you just want to keep on your team. Listen, like they can get it. We You'll see later, like they can get some a considerable package for Kyle Palmieri. But maybe they think otherwise. Maybe they think they have the guys in the room to deal with that, to deal with whatever the next couple of years are going to be for them. So it'll be interesting to see. He's one of the few veteran guys like over the age of 26. And, you know, you need those older experienced players to sort of help guide the youngins. And if they get rid of him, I'm thinking like the only guys who are going to be there is like Sajak and Vatnin, who are both, by the way, up this year. Right. And I mean, you know, if you're thinking people listening, well, where do you guys think Vatnin's going to go? Well, you'll find out a little later. And if you listen to previous episodes and trade deadline previews, you'll see that I think we've traded him at least eight times. Yeah, and we hope the say not the Sabers. We hope that the Devils also trade them because right now, we know that poor TSN and Sportsnet are doing their full trade shows from eight a.m. You monsters! Let me ask you a question: What are you going to be doing next Monday? Um, I have class ten to twelve, so I will simply be because normally whenever I do class, you know, I like having my headphones on. Yeah. But what I'm going to do is you know, sit in front of my TV have one headphone on the other one behind and just being, cause like I've obviously I've over the headphones. Right. And I'm just going to be semi paying attention. Cause normally, obviously the deadline is dead until the last hour anyway. 
That is true. So it's really going to be the first half of class is going to be nothing, but the second half is going to be sort of nervousness. Like this class doesn't have an exam. So it's not like I'm, and I'm basically done with it. I mean, I'm, I'm just sort of going to be a good student here. Well, it's the last week of school. Yeah. Which is weird to think already, by the way. Um, that is true. But yeah, I, 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 that's what I'm going to be doing. What about you? I'm going to watch. I'm going to get up at 8 a.m. Really? To, yeah. Alex, I've been doing that for the past couple of years. And every year I'm like, why am I doing this? I know. I know it's going to be why am I doing this? But um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try. Probably not going to happen, but we're going to at least try. Mm-hmm. Poor Juchi. Poor Merrick. They're they're going to be busy tomorrow. And it's not like they can have a ton of people in the studio too, because, you know, COVID's a, COVID's a bit of a problem. So it, I wonder how many people they're going to, like, I wonder if they're getting Cassie and Kevin and TS, non-TSN in Sportsnet for the whole day. Especially because since they're out West, it's going to be even worse for them. Are TSN going to bring in Steve Simmons like they always do in the year? And he's like in the, like the fourth string panel. Man, COVID is just ruining the broadcast in every single way. Um, but it has also had a very big effect throughout the year in the NHL. And over the past few weeks, it's really started to hit the North Division. The Habs obviously had some games postponed, um, but it looks like they had, we have one player who has COVID, and that's uh, Yol Armia, but apparently he'll be back pretty soon. The big story. And we're going to talk about stuff like Demko and Hughes and Pedersen in a second here because there's been news about their contract negotiations. But first, the Vancouver Canucks. Now, as of yesterday, I believe there were 21 because in the late hours after or during the Leafs game, actually, Dreger said that another player. So 21 cases in Vancouver, and I believe that includes staff. Those are players with the, I believe it's the Brazilian strain of COVID. I believe so. Yeah. Um, Friedman has said, by the way, that it doesn't look like it's connected to Montreal's case. Apparently Montreal had the European strain of the virus, which is so weird. Apparently family members are also being affected and the symptoms Dreger sort of tweeted about them. Go check it out. Um, it's not good. And I think first thing we need to say, obviously, is you wish them like everyone who's affected right now a safe recovery um, because of course that is what's most important right now. You know, yeah. you know what they say, you know, the game comes second to safety. Um, a thousand percent. Yeah. So I guess the first question here is you said something very interesting in the group chat during headlines on Saturday. And that was to do with something Elliot Friedman pointed out. Yeah, just quickly before that, I I, I want to say just think about how crazy this situation is. That you weren't on the show on Wednesday, but Daniel and I were talking about Adam Gaudet, right? Because he was the confirmed yeah. case at the time, and now we are at a point where there are twenty one positive cases, and it is Monday. It's been less than a week, and we've gone from one to twenty one, which should say a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go back to your question. Yeah, I, I I brought up the point that Elliot Friedman said the NHL hopes the Canucks the, will finish their season. That it doesn't seem like that's gonna like they're. It, he made it seem that the Canucks are probably going to finish their season, but there is a slight chance that they might not. And I raised the point that when Elliot Friedman says something, 
it should be taken it should be taken very seriously. He's not, he doesn't seem like the type of guy to, and most of the insiders don't like, I'm not, I don't want to sit pinpoint just Friedman here, but when they say something, I take it seriously because they're not going to put out information that they don't believe is true. And mm-hmm. I think even at 31 thoughts live, he had brought this up or, or on a broadcast that he had, he gets two sources right? He has two sources confirm something unless it's trade deadline craziness. So someone has two people have had to have confirmed this for him to say that on live television, especially hockey night in Canada. Like that is, they only say the juiciness of the juiciness, the juiciest, the ripest of fruit. Right. If an apple is a story, they only get the shiniest, juiciest apple. Exactly. In this case, though, it's a not a very healthy apple. No. And, you know, a big part is I think a lot of people might sort of – we don't obviously don't know the specifics of, of anything right now, but apparently a big part of this Brazilian strain is just how quickly it does spread. And it's very scary to think that if it was the Audet stuff and he got pulled out of practice or it was a morning skate, whatever – and just like that. And like some of the names, it was it was Horvat, it was Hughes, it was Demko, it was Roussel, it was I mean, it's almost like because Pedersen's been hurt. And it was almost like fortunately for him, he's obviously not going with the main team right now. Yeah. That he seems to have just missed it. I mean, I I would take a bet. Yeah, they're finished their season. You do ask the question, how many of them of the players are going to come back? Because how many of them not just their choice, but family at this point. And I, I think it's pretty likely that they don't play 56 games at this point. We're already into the buffer zone. Right. And Friedman made it sound like, you know, the North Division playoffs are already starting a little later because of the COVID situation in Montreal. And Vancouver is just so much worse. I mean, apparently they were looking at probably resuming practice this week originally. Not anymore. It is just, I think, and then I think Dreger pointed out that it doesn't look like anything's happening for maybe 14 days. And and plus the idea that I'm not going to say who said it, but this idea about rest is baloney because they're not resting. Sure. I mean, yes, technically by definition, they are resting, but their body isn't resting. Their body is like, I'm no scientist. I'm in, I'm in journalism. Mm -hmm. Like, so maybe take this with a grain of salt, but I, I I don't think their body is resting the same way it would when they have a full week off. Like their body is trying to recover from a virus the same way when you have the flu or any other virus, your body is trying to recover from it. It's not properly resting. You're, you're crazy. If you don't think that, the situation in Buffalo contributed to somewhat to their 18 game losing streak. And that's, that's an important point. How, what's going to happen when they do start playing again, they're not, they're not going to start. They're not going to be running away. Like that's not happening. These guys, like even just the short-term effects, let's say what, assuming what all these guys are saying is true in terms of their symptoms, this is going to take a while to come back to come back from. We talked about guys who are coming back from 
even just the off season, and it takes them time. Something I always remember is when William Nylander came back, it said, well, you know, it's got to give, he, he needs some time to come back and get into proper game shape. Well, yeah. how about guys who are recovering from a, from like COVID-19? Like, don't you think that there's that extra time needed like it's this is going to be it's going to affect the Canadian division for the rest of the season whether we like it or not their conditioning i imagine is just going to be a mess i was thinking about it the, the other day is if some of these games don't end up happening it's like you know the canadians are very fortunate in this regard that they've played all their games against the canucks right but what happens now if we have a fight at the top of winnipeg and toronto and they're within two points of each other and let's say the Jets are the team behind and they are missing that game against the Canucks now. And let's yeah. say they win that Leafs game and then all of a sudden they're first, you know, obviously no fans, but you know, you know how coaches are like with the last change at home ice, right? Like the, it, it, the ramifications are going to be huge. But then again, like nobody goes saying, ah, the Canucks are, ah, they've clearly done something wrong here and they're terrible and they suck. No, no, we don't know what's happened here. Yeah, I I'm I only saw a couple people do it. Um but I'm not the biggest fan of trying to figure out where they got it from. Like no. I I don't think many people are talking about it and I saw a couple people saying, "Well, you know, they're in the community, they're in the community." I'm not a, I I don't like that idea like they could have literally gotten it from anywhere i'm gonna go and get a coffee at starbucks and then who knows as you're waiting outside the starbucks if somebody you don't know walking because like let's be honest not everyone who walks around outside wears a mask because Mm -hmm. i don't at least you know in canada you have to wear them inside but outside Mm -hmm. there's no law against it i'm pretty sure there's not so That person, I don't know, you know, they give a cough in the, the air. I don't, like, right. you know, I'm not a, yeah, like, you know, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a meteorologist, but, you know, germs, man, germs. Like, you ever watch that commercial? It's like, Mo's a frontline worker and, you know, Kevin takes the bus and it's, yeah. Ah, uh, man, I mean, that's the reason we're in a lockdown is, well, it's not really lockdown. a lockdown, but, you know. In quotation marks. As you can tell by the background, I'm in Pickering. Next time you see me, I'll be back in Montreal. I hate the earth honest ruins everything. I'm kidding. They're lovely, except they like the color green. No. Um, I guess also we'll, we'll talk about, we'll, we'll, we'll hold on the contract stuff. Actually. And we're going more about what Freeman Freeman was having a night on headlines as he normally does. The league apparently has set out a very blunt and I'm paraphrasing here, a blunt memo to teams. Cause they are apparently getting reports that people maybe breaking COVID protocol and the mess in COVID fatigue is a term, you know, we've heard politicians mention that before and the league are saying there is COVID fatigue happening and maybe, you know, guys, we need to, we need to barrel down here. Like, you know, we've got what three fifths of the season done by now. Some guys are around 30 games but people apparently are not listening. You know, we saw this as early in the season as Alexander Ovechkin and his teams. Like there was points made like playing cards together. Um, all this stuff at the beginning of the year, like, again, that's exactly, as I said, 
Ovi got in craft for that. And imagine what it's like players now all these months down the line. Right. And I wonder also if there's a bit of the stress. I know we don't expect it to be a busy deadline, but, you know, I think it was Harmon Dial had a really good article about what a player feels like around the deadline. And I wonder if there's also that bit of stress on them. I can imagine, sorry, I can imagine there is um, just when I reading that article, like it's, uh, and and just thinking about it in general, like in life, like it's not an easy thing to move from one city to another. And especially like those guys who have to do it kind of instantly, it can't be an easy thing. And I, I do think that has, I think it has some effect mm-hmm. on, on these guys, but I, I, I want to speak on that about them, that memo. And I think I can only speak on the Canadian teams because I, I know what, like what the Canadian government federally <clears throat> and the provincial governments were doing. Um, I think there are, especially in certain provinces, they are very strict with, the sports teams Mm -hmm. Um, for whatever reason they're you like for, for whatever reason, they're very strict on the sports teams. And I think they know that if this, if this just blows up, the governments are going to get involved. Like Mm -hmm. I'd be very surprised if right now the federal government and BC's government is not on the phone with the NHL trying to figure out what the hell happened. It's interesting that um, they're harsher on the athletes right now than at least in Ontario um, than they are in general right now. Ah, you know, it's seven day quarantine, but you know what? You can't get your hair cut. We're not going to. No, you know what? I, I'm not getting into um, thinking about Ford and that, but uh, it's not been great here. Also, um, Freeman also talked about that the possibility of a playoff bubble, and he emphasized that on the 31 Thoughts podcast, which, by the way, in case anyone's going to say anything, we're only like 10 minutes into it because then we had to record. So, like, if there's something we've missed, don't yell at us. But Freeman mentioned that the possibility, and he just said playoffs, not like finals or conference finals, division finals, just playoffs. A playoff bubble might be discussed. And first thing, we know the players are going to hate that. No one wants that to happen. Not to mention a very good point Jeff Merrick made, the financial side, unless we forget how expensive the bubble was. What was it, $100 million last time around? Mm-hmm, around there. Ar- around there. I would be very surprised if they didn't go into a bubble with the current situation and with the way things are being done in terms of amount of people being vaccinated per day, I'd be very surprised if the Canadian team who whatever team Canadian team makes it to the final four is either going to be located in the U S or they just say, you know what, let's not take the chance and throw the final four into a bubble. Cause that would actually, if they do that, that would reduce the cost significantly. And they'd what they'd be in the bubble for a month maximum. Mm-hmm. You got to think at some point, I think if, if, if 
one division, I think, like, because Jim Nill, there was a scare of Rick Bonus last night in the Dallas game, but apparently all the stars apparently have been vaccinated. So that was a thing. Well, whatever. The American teams we know, like, the states are getting their vaccines. It's not, unfortunately for the Canadian, like, Canadians, it just, it, it sucks looking at right now that we're getting nothing here. Um, but I, I do wonder, and the idea has been thrown around about maybe a Buffalo sort of situation for the Canadian group, like bringing them into the States and that, uh, because if there's another break, like if we have a breakout like this towards the end of the year, and let's say it's one of the four teams in it, I mean, like, what do you do? Like it's the worst case scenario, but I mean, and no one wants the bubble, but at the same time for, to award the Stanley cup, they might seriously have to do it, even if it's just, or at least like that section of the league. Like, could you imagine if the entirety of one division, and it, it would have to probably be the North going the way COVID is going in Canada, mm-hmm. if they were just gone? That's it. Whoever wins the East is gone. Like, that could happen if we don't do a bubble. It may be for the best thing for the playoffs. And, Again, I will say that you know you remember how much I was against the bubble yeah. last summer. Like I mean, most people were though. I, I think that was the general consensus, mm-hmm. considering the situation we were dealing with at the time. Like there, if we if we look back on it, we, there was a lot less in like there was a lot less knowledge known about what we can do back then compared to now. Scary. It, it was like we didn't know what was gonna happen in March. That's paper. We didn't have to, yeah, right, exactly. For some reason, that's what people went for. Whatever, yeah. not different topic, a different conversation. I can see the league saying, you know what? In Canada specifically, they put the four teams into a bubble. They put the mm-hmm. four teams into a bubble. But again, it, 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 I think it depends on what the situation is because by from what I've read so far, it seems like by the time we get to playoffs, the United States in terms of vaccinating people could be so far ahead that, you know what, maybe they don't need a bubble. Yeah. Um, by the way, you know what I love about being back in Pickering when we record the show? What? Hearing motorcycles. They're it. back. They're back. Yeah. Uh, again, while. everyone while in Vancouver, you hope they all recover. Some news for sucks sure. for the show because you guys talked about a possible, like like the Demco stuff, but like an hour after you guys finished, it broke that the Canucks have signed 25-year-old. I didn't know he was already that old. 26 yeah. and December 8th, by the way. Uh, Thatcher Demko to a five-year contract extension worth $25 million. That's an AAV of $5 million. Um, it's weird. Sometimes you see a goalie signing, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I know about him. But there's just this good grace that Thatcher Demko has gotten since the bubble. And then I would say probably a month and a bit into the season once he became – Bubble Demko, which I yep. actually hate that term because it's not like he was a highly touted goalie since college, but. <laughs> hey, it's not like uh, the EA video games had him at medium elite potential since forever. And remind me, where are their offices located who do the NHL games? Uh, I think Vancouver. 
of course. But, <laughs> you know, I love what it is. I, I feel like a part of me should definitely be wary of this deal. But if it's good, like if Demko continues this way, that is a good contract for a team that desperately needs them. It, it, it could turn out to be a, a good contract. I want to br- shout out Daniel because he had... He was very right last episode. Uh, number one, in terms of he said they he should go longer term, and he did. Mm-hmm. And what uh, Vancouver did a really interesting thing here. They took their time with Thatcher Demko. And I think it, it, it seemed to have paid off. And I know he had a slow start to the season, um, but... Yeah. But yeah, like who who didn't on that team? And there's lots of players league wide who didn't who had a slow start. Um, but you're right; this could turn out to be a very very good deal for the team if he does perform, and that would be very beneficial to them because they are in a very messy situation. Now, something else that was dropped on the headlines by the Freedmen, the Fridge, as we call them. Apparently, negotiations between Patterson and Hughes' agents, because they're the same agency, and the Canucks have begun. Now, it's, again, the very, very beginnings of the negotiations, and right now it is not the number one priority. Number one priority, because obviously, COVID. Um, By the way, the contract extensions that the hockey world has not shut up about for ages now, these contracts. Now, I was having a feel the other day. I was thinking, I was looking on Cap Friendly. I'm thinking... I am not convinced that these contracts are going to be longer than three years because A is, you know, we talked about this before about Hughes not having leverage, but then he could just say, well, who else are you going to give? The problem is, and I feel like we always forget about this, is comparable deals. And I'm thinking Sergachev, three years, like 4.8. It's going to be more money than that because Tampa floor, like Tampa taxes, BS stuff. You know, Rorensky was like three years, $5 million. McAvoy's around the same thing. Not to mention, uh, with the world of COVID and the cap, like the flat cap that is going to be here for the foreseeable future, at least with Hughes, I don't see it. Patterson maybe the same, and you'd probably go off the Braden Point contract. Because it's not like this was the year Patterson was supposed to. Remember, people were like, ah, Hart Trophy. Remember the Canucks fans were like, Who's Matthews? Blaze Patterson's here. And he had, you talk about players having slow starts. He he didn't have like, he had like a goal for the first, like, what was it, 11 goal games or something? He was not great to start. Not great. I I think you're right. I think it's beneficial for both sides, um, for team and player, because if you want both guys at the moment, it's going to cause, if if you want long term, don't fall. Not a beanbag. It's a swivel chair. My shoulder okay. just slipped on one of the arm Okay. Um, in terms of player, number one, you're right. With the cap, take that short-term deal. You will get paid next time around. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the team, that it do, it's beneficial to them now because then they can get them on small on uh, lower cap hit. And again, it'll be a smaller period of time. But by the time those contracts end, it will be, there'll be significantly more cap space. But we talk, I think we talked about this last night. Mm-hmm. They would be, they'd put themselves in such a 
horrible situation in the future. Yes. In terms of having to extend guys like next season, Besser, the season after that, um, uh, Miller, Horvat and Miller. And then the year after that, assuming these guys sign three-year deals, that would be Hughes and Pedersen again. You, like, like, and looking even at just getting the money for a supporting cast, you can basically say that the Alex Edler money is going to go straight to Hughes. And you look at Patterson, and it's like, all right, so the money there, if you're saying at least six million, that's I would say the Tanner Pearson contract and the Brandon Souther, who are like a few of their good quality depth pieces. <laughs> like, yeah. it is a you talk about it's just. We've said it so many times their cap situation is just so horrid. Well, you you said it. Uh, you said something interesting last night. You said, "Why do they care so much about the Tanner Pearson contract? Why is this such a hot topic for Vancouver fans?" And it's like, well, they don't have anyone else at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's just been the damn charade with him all year. It was that, remember a few weeks ago, that terrible Benning con- conference when he's like, we're going to try and re-sign him. And then the week later, there were reports of, yeah, it's not going well. They're, they're going to they're trade him. Then like last week, it was, you know, we're going to try and sign him again, but he's hurt. But then there was also trade rumors. And it's just like, what's going on here? And it's, it's just, I wonder if there's also an element of the Canuck fans are just so sick of losing players to free agencies. Like they signed the, like all the worst people to the worst contracts. And then they've just lost all the guys that they actually wanted to keep like Stetcher. And you know, you ever heard of Tower DeFoley? And then, and, and we've spoken about those bad contracts so many times, but I wonder if that's just another sort of layer of anxiety for Canucks fans. It's just like, my thing is when you have these two star players that are, again, the, the centerman and the right-handed defenseman who plays the game you want to play in this day and age. Like, why is there so much hoopla around Tanner Pearson? Like, it just speaks to just how dire their situation is, I think, at the same time. It's like, we have to make a hoopla. And it's such Canadian hockey coverage, isn't it? Tanner Pearson. I know it, it's it it's weird, um, but I like like you said like they don't who else who who else are we gonna who else are they going to bring in they don't have a like it feels like they don't have any money to spend, mm-hmm. and I'm still of the idea, and and I I said this last episode I've said this many times before if I was Jim Benning, the only reason I am not talking to Pedersen and Hughes on what would have been July 1st, because I know weird season, it wasn't technically July 1st, yeah, is because they don't want to sign before this season. Mm-hmm. That's the only only logical reason you he should have to have not been signing those deals. Uh-huh. And you can probably point to that happening because was it Hughes or Patterson? That's I think it was Hughes who switched to Patterson's agency. I believe so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, the Canucks. Um, there is always something to talk about with the Vancouver Canucks. Um, through better, through worse. I mean, they give us content. And again, one more time because we really want to emphasize it. Uh, everyone getting affected right now in Vancouver, get freaking well. We want to see it. I know we ripped them a lot. Like, especially me, 
like I hate the Canucks. There's just this burning passion, but it's on the ice, not off of it. I'm not. Yeah. Not terrible. I, I, you make a good point. Like I feel like sometimes it's it seems like they're the same, but like there's not. They're separate, right? Like there's on the ice, there's off the ice, and I think that's an important. Like that should be a very important part of this conversation. You could hate the Vancouver Canucks, like like worse than you. There's probably people out there who despise the Vancouver Canucks. Some of their but, fans hate them more than they do. <laughs> right. But at the end of the day, like they're still human beings. Yes. Like, listen, you don't like Josh Archibald playing in the top six. But if he got COVID, <laughs> you'd be like, you know what, Josh? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same with uh, Andrew Mangiapani. Yeah. Just, you know what? Be careful. Get the calories. Eat your bread. Exactly. Um, that's a perfect transition because big win over the Calgary Flames last night for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The slump is pretty much over now. They've won three straight, two massive wins over the Jets who are chasing them to try and get first in that division. First, though, I want to go back to, I think it was the second game um, between Toronto and Winnipeg when there was the blatant, like, call it cross-check, call it boarding, whatever you want. The missed call on Austin Matthews. That was, like, the mics picked up some certain bad words. Gotta love hot mics nowadays. We're getting a lot of the, a lot of that good stuff this year, and this kind of goes back to the whole thing of like this is different than like McDavid, and like not getting suspended, right? And the people talking about the frustrations that he gets, like make the freaking call. I, I, th- this is just my opinion though. Um, that idea that he's frustrated, so he should let them do it. That the talking. ref should let them do it. It's a very lazy narrative. I wasn't here for that episode, was I? No, was so the last one. Yeah, yeah so I, I'd like to ask you about what you thought of that because I can imagine it was not. It's McDavid got rocked earlier in the shift by Cocky Nemi, so he was predatory. Yeah. He went after him. He went up. Mm-hmm. It should have been a suspension. <laughs> And, and again, like you make, I think his salary is 14 mil this year and yeah, taxes, whatever. I've seen McDavid's mansion. I don't care. Like, like whatever. Oh no. He probably only makes like $7 million. I don't care. It was less than like a percent of what he makes on salary. Like, dude. I, but anyway, like looking at Matthews, I'm like, yeah. man, call the damn calls on the stars. Like you cannot, you cannot like, if I was a Leafs fan, I would be worried if, like, anybody makes any sort of stupid on Austin Matthews, especially, like, if his shoulder is to the boards, right? Because everyone thinks back about, like, to the Cronwall hit. Oh, like, protect your protect your stars. Just protect your stars. I don't care about Joe Smith in the NBA. No one cares about Joe Smith in the NBA. You think I talk about Joe Smith on the deadline for the NBA? No. No, no one cares. But I, I think if we want them to be consistent, I, I agree with you. Like, make the call. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I think if we want them to be consistent, it doesn't matter if it's Austin Matthews or if it's Frederick Gauthier. 
Like you gotta make the call. Mm-hmm. It's like it's the rule book, right? Like I, I get, I get the point you're making, and uh, I, I, a lot of people make make that same argument as well. Just my thing is, if we want to be consistent and we want them to call the rule book, it, it doesn't matter who it is. It, it needs to be called. Like at the end of the day, the solution is that play needed to be called. You can call me. I, I am a crying Leafs fan. I don't care. It should have been called. I just, you know, Jeff Merrick on 31 Thoughts was talking once about, like, do, do you want it by the rule book? Because then, you know, do you do that extra stepped icing call? And I felt like he was kind of missing the point. You know, there's a difference between, you know, putting a microscope on an offside call, which I, it seems like they've finally fixed that this season. I haven't seen too many bad offside. We still don't know what goaltender interference is, but I don't think we ever will. will. We ever? No. But it's like the blatant missed calls. Like you call a high stick. You know, there's just the common stuff, like common sense stuff that prevents injuries. You know, like Manny Mahotra, I'll always like think about like his injury to his eye. And the fact that he, he played again was a miracle, right? And, you know, and then you see the career he's had as a coach. It's fantastic stuff. Like just make the calls, people. Make make the calls. It's just it's not difficult. But something else I want to talk about before we get to spe- the specifics of the game is yeah. I was looking at I love looking at who's leading the league in points because I love looking a at how Ovechkin is doing goal scoring because I'm becoming a fan of tracking him. His goals sounds kind of weird. Mm-hmm. One hundred sixty nine away from Wayne Gretzky, by the way. If anyone wants to know that. And I love seeing how far McDavid is ahead of somebody. But then I was looking, and I've noticed every time I've looked at the standings and the leaders in scoring, a guy who's always been in the top five all year without missing a step has been Mitch Marner. And I know it's because he makes $11 million that he doesn't quite... It's like he, he is playing at the standard of the contract, but I just think it's a bit of a crime that nobody is really... You know, I feel like instead of the attention that a John Tavares gets for his lack of play and production, I feel like we could at least be giving some mention to Mitch Marner and the way he's. And I am saying this, and you know, we can see all the Hab stuff behind me. Yeah. Where is the love for Mitch? Come on, people. I, I can, and you're right. Like I think the eleven million dollars does have something to do with it. I, I think it's. Let me start with this before I tell you why Mm -hmm. he is a very good player. Do I think he's an $11 million player? Still, I do not, but that's a different story, but I think he deserves the respect. Like maybe you're right. Maybe we don't talk about him enough. Uh, People don't talk about, about him enough, but he is a damn good player. Like I, I, I don't think there's a game that goes by when we're watching together and Mitch Marner does uh, makes a play or, or even when he scores sometimes like, wow, like I did not know that was going to happen. Like it just, I, this was completely mind blowing to me. Mike doesn't even call him trash on those, uh, those FaceTimes either, which is. No, he's not. Yeah. Mitch Marner's not trash. Um, But I think it's, I, I think there is something bigger here than just the $11 million. I think that contract negotiation for the fans of this team, 
it, it did it, it it hurt his reputation no matter what happened like he could he could win the heart but everyone's going to remember that Mitch Marner took this team and tried to get the most money out of them I don't necessarily agree with that idea I just know there are fans who think well wait a second, this is the hometown guy who loved to play for this team, who wanted to play for this team, and he said, nope, I'm not going to be the guy who took less. Is it, is it, a, is it a five- or six-year deal? Uh, six. It's the so, same – yeah, it's the same year as Tavares. Would you – I listen, would you turn down $66 million? Would no. I turn down – no. No, exactly. Like, you know – I got no, but hatred of that contract because it was just it was the only thing talked about in the hockey for so many months. right. But he's a good. He's just good. by the way, you mentioned he's not an eleven million dollar player. You know who makes him an eleven million dollar player? I hope Austin Paul Matthews. Miner is listening to this. Austin freaking Austin Matthews. Matthews. Austin Matthews has made Mitch Marner a lot of money. Even John Tavares made got him like it. If he, whoever he was playing beside, the only, there's two guys on this team that makes him that much money JT and Austin Matthews. Oh, the centerman makes the winger look good. You don't say. If he's, if he's playing, no offense to Nazim Kadri. I love the guy and I take, still take him on this team. Yes. But he's not, he's not, Mitch Marner does not have a 94 point season next to Nazim Kadri. You think about it like this, right? Okay. So who has, who has John Tavares made rich? Um, Everybody. Poso is a big one, right? Yeah. Uh, was it? Is it? Is it Justin Bailey? Because there's there's there Josh. are two. There were Josh. Okay, Justin's Josh. the other one. Josh yeah. Bailey made. Remember when he scored like forty goals? He like there's that effect. Like Verhage because of Sasha Barkov is making so much money. Right, is going to make so much money. Right. The list of Pittsburgh Penguins. It's not the winger. It's never the winger. Like if Brad Marchand hit the open market today, it's because of Patrice Bergeron that's made him better. Like there are very few players that the perfection line in Boston looks as good of because they are able to have Patrice goddamn Bergeron. Yes. Anyway, though, um, back to the Leafs themselves. Yes. Talking about Calgary, I guess in that game. Um, sorry, Noah Hannafin, who just looked oh. had a really bad third period, and Daryl Sutter just kept sending him out there, which I thought, I didn't think he was going to see the ice again. I got to ask you this, even though it, I, I, I hate asking this question. God damn it. Alex Galchenyuk, he scored. He did it. He did it. He did it. You know, my thoughts on Alex Galchenyuk. I still think he is. If he, I see him more as a, guy who's just kind of there until someone else comes in. Yeah. That's my thought on him. I think he's, I think he's changed his game and I'm glad like, and I think you said this last night too. Like I th- I'm glad he did. Cause I think he can, he isn't, he can be an, an, an NHL player who can have a small impact. Yeah. And Mike brought this up to me a few nights ago and he said, you know, he's changed the way he's played in a way. Like he's oh he's more than happy to go into the corners and go get the puck. And that's why he fits on that line. Yep. That's the main that line needs someone to go 
and get that puck because JT's not really going to do it. Like he can, but you'd rather have him in a position where he's open to score. And we all know William Nylander's not going to do it. I love the guy, but we all yeah. like, he's not going to go do it. No. So that nine needs someone to do it. Legit doing everything asked of him. And see, you know, I remember a big problem with Galchenyuk back when he was in Montreal is the man was never in position. And it's right. like, man, if your job is just, hey, go get the puck. It's hard to screw that up. But you know what? You give credit to the guy for, listen, you have to be good to play with good players. And it's just so freaking frustrating to see him doing so well with Toronto. It's like, man, could you not, could you have done this in Montreal instead of, you know how many times he tried to cut in the middle and try and make a move and it just goes nowhere. And anyway, listen, I'm happy for him. And if, if, the, the good thing is he's proved that if there is a, like, is it probably going to be Grandland coming in? Like, who knows? Cause Nashville, Palmieri, whoever, it helps to leave so much that, you know, if there is an injury on that line that Gouch can come in and fit it. Like that is right. huge for their depth. How much do you think I was thinking about this this morning? How much do you think him, the Leafs sending him to the Marlies, sending him to the AHL to begin with changed things for him because he's never been in the AHL ever. Oh, um, it's funny you say that. Cause you know, there's that saying of when you bring a prospect in, you know, uh, there's no point in bringing them into play until they have dominated at the level they were previously at. Right. And it, it, I'm sure it was good for him to just sort of be able to play at, at the Marley's level and just be a great, you know what? There was a game against Laval rocket. He was like, I think in a loss, he was the third star. I mean, I think it did good for his confidence. And then when you can come in, it, it seems like he, like he gets along a lot with William Nylander, um, like the personality-wise, apparently. Like, they're both stylish dudes, which, you know, Montreal don't seem to like those players. Um, God damn it. Uh, I'm sure it had a good effect on him. And, you know, I, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I'm not no. bitter at all, Alex. I not bitter at all. Okay. Um, Another story is Jack Campbell is never going to lose a hockey game, even though, and I know we're talking about Calgary and Hutchinson was in and he was whatever, but you know, Hutchinson, what is there to say? Ah, oh, he did good. Okay. He did bad. We expected of him, whatever with him, but like Jack Campbell, he's never going to lose again. I mean, you might as well give him the Vesna, right? Obviously. <laughs> right. No, he's looked, I, I don't think there's been many games this season that he's looked bad. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the positive here. Um, I I don't know if he's going to play tonight. There were still questions about him playing tonight. So we actually might get to watch Vinny Bevelainen play, which is a little scary, but I will deal with that in my own way um, and have Michael Hutchinson back him up. That's scary, but that's fine. Um, just quickly went on Twitter to see if there's any sort of leaf stuff, but uh, apparently not. God damn it, CJ! Oh. What are you doing? Don't, you know, you recorded thirty-one thoughts last night with the guys. Get the, <laughs> your job, CJ Boston. It, um, it, yeah, we can say that 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 Leafs slump is very much over. And I guess another thing here is I want to ask you: over the stretch of games, what's impressed you the most about this Leafs team? 
Except uh, Campbell and Galchenyuk because we've talked about them. Yeah, no, I, I think the fact that they can that they got out of this slump is a pre- impressive. But if I had to pinpoint a player, like I think that the first line with Hyman, Matthews, Marner has looked a lot better. And maybe, you know, listen, maybe the Leafs took the right approach and I was wrong. That Matthews does look a lot better the last few games than he has before. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's impressed me. And the fact that the D, in, and we're almost 40 games in, has looked really good. So I'm very happy about that. Mm-hmm. That probably helps that Marincin has not touched the ice. Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else on the Leafs you want to cover? Uh, they're out of the slump, but their power play looks. Yes, 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 uh, yes. Not that's great. Just, man, that's that's just a matter of I, I see that as that will only last for so long. That is true. That, I mean, yeah. again, it's still the North Division. There is still no defense. There is still all the goal scoring in the world. That's like true. that is that dam is going to break and then it's going to go in all, all, all things firing. I mean, there's just, there's too much talent there. Honestly, there just is, you know, sometimes it's just a simple pass. A shitty goal. Crappy goal. Whoops. 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 Garbage goal. Garbage goal. Um, and it helps. I mean, yeah. oh God. Also, it's okay to have two good goalies, by the way. I just want to make oh, yeah. that, that clear. So it's okay if Freddie becomes healthy and uh, Campbell is still good. I just want to let Leaf fans know that. We don't need to pick sides. It's okay to have two goalies. So let's think about okay, Tampa. Tampa were a bit weird because they just never looked like they were ever going to lose. McElhaney was a good backup. I don't think he even played once the actual playoff started. I don't think he um, St. Louis had Binnington, who was good at the time, and Jake Allen, good. Washington had Grubauer, who has gone on to play how well in Colorado, and at the time, Braden Holby was magnificent. Yeah. Pittsburgh had Matt Murray, and you may have heard of Mark andre Fleury, you know, Hall of Famer one day. I think that says plenty about how you need to have two good goaltenders. Exactly. I think this is all you need to know. Okay, um, going on to Montreal, it looks like Eric Stahl will make his debut tonight. And I think everyone had a bit of a panic attack, myself included, for a second here. Because it looked like Eric Stahl was the second line today with Jesperi Kakinemi on the fourth line. And everyone freaked out because it was the Byron Armia, sorry, the Byron Lekkonen Kakinemi line that was very much the line that got everything going against the Oilers last week. But then I think we all sort of forgot that Montreal aren't a team that actually do one through four. And it's just, who's good tonight? And the line that has been really good that, man, it, like, it was worrying when these guys weren't going. And do you know what? Since right before the halfway point of the season, Thomas Tatar and, and, and Philip Deneau have started playing hockey again. And it has now reunited the line of Tatar, Deneau, and Gallagher. And it has been absolutely massive for the Canadians that this line has finally... Come back to life. Aren't you glad that Dino is good, good again? again? Yeah. Oh, it's great. <laughs> so good. Again, I always wonder where are Montreal in the standings today if he had just signed that damn contract and he hadn't had just laid an egg at the beginning of the year. Like what would have happened? But you know, whatever. It didn't happen. You know, just play your games in hand now and try and catch Winnipeg and Edmonton. But 
I, a player who I really, really want to touch on here is, you know, we had Christophilus on, and you know, he joked about how he didn't like Kakinemi. And I saw people going on about the Kakinemi pick over Kachuk again, and I was thinking, okay. I don't know if how, how many people have actually been watching the young Finn since Ducharme took over because he has been a completely different player. I don't get it. I just, he is finally at that point. Like he's obviously not at his, you know, he's not like wicked good, you know, reckon he's not like Austin Matthew. I'm not saying that, but it's just, he's actually seems to be getting some confidence from a coach. And in previous years, it was, he was still playing with like Lekin and Armia, but he, it wasn't like he was able to elevate his game. And I feel like now, He's at a point where he can actually sort of – he's almost elevating those wingers to a point, which Wait. as a centerman, we talked about it earlier. Right. It's kind of uh, a Pretty good important. thing. Pretty important. Pretty good. Yeah, like it's a good thing if you are you can elevate your wingers. Yeah. Um, you're, you're right. I haven't watched a whole lot of Montreal just because most of the time they play at the same time as Toronto, but and it's freaking blacked out because the NHL hates growing the game. That too. <laughs> but from what I've seen, you know, it, it seems like it's the Kot Kinyemi who was in the bubble last in the summer. Yes. Because the Kot Kinyemi that was in the bubble or who was playing in the bubble was a different Kot Kinyemi who was playing during the regular season. Mm hmm. So I feel like I'm starting to see that again, or it, yeah, like, and I think that's what the most important thing is. Mm -hmm. And you know, the Habs are going to be looking for a bounce back win because you know they just had a three game winning streak that was kind of combined with just coming out the gates like full firing when they came back from their COVID shutdown, and then just a disgusting game against the Sens when there was just I'm sorry you saw that picture. Of um, I forget which I think it was Artem and Yusimov just right in front of the net all on his own. And it, it's just a terrible game. Now, like in response, like I think the Habs have been pretty good at, at coming back from wins. Carey Price gets the nod back in um, tonight, but I, I'm wondering what you're going to be looking at from Eric Stahl tonight because it's really weird. It still hasn't quite hit me that he's coming, but like apparently he'll be playing net front on the power play as well. Like Eric Stahl, what's the expectation there? Um, that's tough. Like I, I don't know. I want to set a high expectation. I just, you know what? I want to see what he looks like because I, I, I think the thing is he's been in Buffalo all year, and we've had countless conversations about Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Buffalo hasn't been great, and I don't think his production in Buffalo matches what his true reality is so i'm more interested to see tonight what does he actually look like this year mm -hmm. because we still don't we don't really know i don't know what anyone on buffalo is as you, as you say here um he'll be playing with jonathan drew in tonight which is it was just pretty funny to watch him and tyler to so they they've gone and given him to you know what, probably the hottest playmaker and the biggest goal scorer. So he'll be the middleman there. Right. I don't know. It's going to be weird. I don't know what quite. You know what else was really interesting is, remember how Jonathan Drewin had that really bad wrist injury? 
and how he has like two goals on the year. He was talking today and he said there's no excuse, but he doesn't have the same wrist anymore, which is super concerning, but also impressive of how well he's been playing that it doesn't seem like he has an amazing wrist. But I just, at the same time, I wonder if he's also saying, yeah, I know I only have two goals and we'll try and because he shoots the puck, but like he's never had an amazing shot to be in with. It's always been a bit soft. If you know what I mean? I, you yeah. know how much I like Joe, but yeah, good player. Um, you know, hopefully tonight, Connor McDavid doesn't you know go for another headshot. Like, dick. hopefully, I don't like him. Are they playing Edmonton? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is a big also why they they have the um the Lekin and Kakiemi line back together. It's because Juice Arms like. Killed it last time, so we'll do it again. See it what is, happens. It is a, mu- a must-win game, isn't it? Right? In a way. Um, uh, let me get the standings up here. See, what helps Montreal right now is they have a bit of buffer room because the Flames are just... Can we just remember that the two teams ahead of the Flames right now are Montreal and Vancouver, the two North teams that have been affected by COVID. And the Flames are behind both of them. Um, I think if Montreal want to now get a shot at moving up in the division, it is a must win. Um, I think they've had more important games in the past. But as a fan, it's like, I again, because of the games in hand over the Oilers, they are very important. But um, I, I think it's also, you can say, pretty big in the fact that they need to have a good bounce back. Right after that Sens game, and again, there's a part of it that just the way the Sens sort of play up, yeah. But at the same time, they're minus 41 in their goal differential. Like, I don't what is this? Antoine Forsberg comes out of nowhere and plays well. What is this? I, I the Sens are so weird. I have no idea. Like, they're look at this, man. like, like, so the Habs have five games in hand over the Flames, and they're six points ahead, three games in hand over the Canucks. Six points ahead, and who knows what the Canucks are going to look like for the rest of the year. Um, can I tell you something? Sure. If I were to tell you that the Ottawa Senators have never been shut out this year, would you believe me? No. Well, they have never been shut out. How? The Leafs have been shut out, haven't they? Yeah. How... Okay, um, how? I have no idea. The Sens have never been shut out. Yeah. Yeah, oh, whatever. Whatever. How does that? Hockey's such a dumb sport sometimes. <laughs> 38 games into the season. The worst team in the North Division, and they have never been shut out. There's no defense either. and How do they... Okay, the Sens, who cares? I mean, I don't mean to insult them. Anyway, you know what we should probably do? Tell me. We should probably talk about the trade deadline and looking at the East Division. Let's do okay. it. Okay, um, so this is our last division to talk about. We saved the East for last because it was really interesting with the big sellers, a.k.a. New Jersey and Buffalo. What's annoying is Buffalo obviously have made a trade, but the Islanders... Since we started doing this, Andres Lee is now out, so that'll be interesting. Starting with Washington, 
looking at the middle six winger, we did both look at Bobby Ryan. We ultimately sort of looked at here was a sort of trade involving Daniel Sprong. Now the reason here is their production's pretty similar. They're about, I think it's last time I checked was two points uh, differential between them. Um, Bobby Ryan has played a few more games. However, he has done that on Detroit. And this is not Ryan Dezingle. We know what Bobby Ryan has done throughout his career. And at the same time, is there a more reclamation project type player more than Daniel Sprong that Detroit would love to pick up? He I has think. he has been through so many teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, what is it, by the way, with Pittsburgh Penguins and Washington Capitals? players, coaches, and just going back and forth between like Carl Haglin, Niskanen, uh, Todd, Todd Reardon. Like, what is it there? It's weird. Like, you'd think that they don't want to play for both teams. Generally, when there is a rivalry, it is frowned upon to, to play, coach, be part of the organization mm-hmm. um, of those, both of the teams. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird. So it like, must be a hockey thing. Josh Georges didn't want to sign in Toronto because he was like a like a big hat. Because obviously he was big for the Habs. It's like I want that zest, but with the Caps and Pens, it's like whatever. But middle six winger for them. The Islanders definitely want to get some top six scoring. We both had some pretty interesting ones here, Alex, because they're two different philosophies. So why don't you go ahead with your guy? I, I had Nick Foligno going for a second round pick next year, just because I felt like he would fit in in New York. I know he doesn't, maybe doesn't have the Lou connection that Lou always loves going back to, mm-hmm. but I feel like he would fit with Barry Trotz in a similar way. He fits really well with John Tortorella. Oh yeah, total systems player, plays hard. I think everyone's a fan of Nick Foligno. Ever since the All-Star game and like the story with his daughter. Like I love yeah. Nick Salino. Um, I went with the a bit more of a, a bit more flashiness and I went with Kyle Palmieri because A, opposite of you, the Lou connection. Remember that Lou was in New Jersey? I forget that a lot, even though that's where, you know, no big deal. Once in Stanley Cup. <laughs> that's where he spent most of his time. Yes. The deal is a 2021 first because he's worth it. That and Kiefer Bellows, who has been in trade rumors. Going back to last deadline and that, that big Zach Parise trade that we were all waiting to happen. But it's sad that that would have been like the biggest deadline deal in a decade if it had happened. And it's Zach Parise at this point in his career. Well, I, I think it'd be really, I think it'd be big. Well, number one, because the Zach Parise contract would be traded yep. and the Andrew Ladd contract would be traded. How sad is that? Here's the biggest trade <laughs> of the deadline. It involves moving crap contracts. It, that that's so typical NHL. I think I brought brought it up a couple weeks ago when the uh, NBA trade trade deadline had just passed. It's like all these big names seem to have moved, and in the NHL, we it feels like we never have that happen. No, and one example of this: the Penguins are looking for a depth defenseman. And or they need a depth defenseman and a depth depth center. Yes. Shut up! Oh, motorcycles and my dogs. <laughs> okay, Alex, why don't you tell me about a certain defenseman they could get? Uh, they're going for this guy again. I think this would be his third time on the team. Uh, Jamie Alexiak. Typical for, <laughs> yeah. 
for a fourth round pick for next year, which would be the same round that he was traded for the last two times. Mm -hmm. Um, Plus either, you know, a Yannick Weber and Evan Rodriguez or Frederick Goudreau just for money. If they want another body back, you know who else Pittsburgh could send? Who? Mark Friedman. Mark Friedman, yes. Him too. Mark, I didn't think Mark about doesn't that. like him. Really? Yes. I'm kidding. Anyway. No. <laughs> um, okay, so apparently Alex informed me of this. Friedman on 31 Thoughts talks about a possible three-way trade that could have Scott Lawton going to Pittsburgh. Coincidentally, I looked at a Evan Rodriguez, because and then he'll come back in the summer because he always does. Uh, and a second for Scott Lawton at 50% retained. Now, if Montreal and Toronto can make a trade involving Thomas Placanics, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Philadelphia Flyers can make a trade too. I think it works. And it's weird with Scott Lawton, eh? Like, there just seems to be this universal love for the guy. Like, I was looking at his possession numbers. They didn't what? jump out at me. You're looking at possession numbers? I know. It's my go-to thing now. <laughs> of course, he's over 50. Let's go. <laughs> that's that's it. If it's over 50, it's good. Man, that's how I got Dougie Hamilton, my Norris vote. <laughs> I was like, ah, okay. He's at 53. He's so, at 53. Flip a coin. So who had the highest Corsi among defensemen? That who, that's who's getting the Norris. Basically. <laughs> Um, okay, Boston. They need a top six def- no defenseman. No, no. They need well, a top they could... right winger and a yeah. top four defenseman. <laughs> Alex, a defenseman. There's a pretty good one out there. They could probably go get. Yeah, I. I on this guy, by the way. You yeah you are. I did a double trade. Um, so they're getting both, both assets from the same team. The from the New Jersey Devils, Kyle Palmieri and Sammy Vatanen, and the okay. other. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I don't want him to go into Boston either, but sometimes it has to be done. Uh, for a first round pick, a third round pick, and Oscar Steen. I was wondering why I only had your name on this, but I forgot that you did the double trade. Yes. I would hate it if they got. Maybe it's because I just want to, you know, burn out the fact that you have Sammy Vatting going to Boston. It's the last thing I want. They've made trades um, in the past too. New Jersey and that going back to, I think it was the Marcus Johansson deal. Yes. Remember when he was a devil. That's why Rachel Dory likes him so much. Um. Okay. Yeah. And, but you know, it's a real shame that you didn't trade Jack Seneca in that trade, because I think between us, I think we've traded him at least five times getting ready for this. I have a bit of zest when it comes to Philly. Um, speculation about rhinos. We'll try and speak over the dogs here. Okay. <laughs> and I imagine at some point, Jake Voracek has to go because there's just been this stuff with him and Giroux. They just seem always consistent. Voracek's still a really good two-way player, and I'm convinced Nashville will try and make him a centerman. So they are going to send Ryan Ellis to Philadelphia for a first and second, and this is not getting done during the season. This is going to be a draft deal. For a first, a second prospect, Morgan Frost and Jacob Voracek. It's not as spicy as my super Nashville Toronto trade or my Jack Eichel three-way trade, throwaway trade of Eichel and tradeness, but you know it, it, it works anyway. It works anyway. Okay, you and I kind of took the piss out of Pavel Butinovich here, so why don't you go first? Oh, I had 
Pavel Buchnevich going to Calgary for a second and Oliver Shillington, just because I feel like uh, Brad Treloving is could be on the hot seat. Um, and to make a last-ditch effort at making the playoffs, he could bring in Pavel Buchnevich. And they could also either flip, if it, things don't work out, flip him because he's an RFA, mm-hmm. or they can sign him because he has seemed to have turned into a good player. Yeah. The player I think the Rangers always wanted him to be, to be honest. Um, I looked at Nashville and how they think they're good again and said they're going to go get him for a second. And I wrote in, woo, 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 Nashville going for it, yeah. <laughs> and about three exclamation points afterwards. And about five H's. They all look like exclamation points, but you can clearly see when they stop being H's and become exclamation <laughs> But we both know the realistic trade here is he's going to be part of the package going to Buffalo for Jack Eichel in the summer, right? Correct. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. New Jersey. I have Dmitry Kulikov. Yes. Going to Toronto. Um, Half his salary is going to be retained, so that's 575K. In exchange for a conditional fourth, if the Leafs win the cup, it's a second. You might be saying, Adam, that's a weird trade. Why is it not a third? They don't have a third. And they win the Cups. Who cares? Exactly. They win the Cup. They could have no picks. Indeed. I don't care. You that's love all that see. matters to me. Mm-hmm. I do like that's a That's an interesting one. Um, I'm slowly starting to get on the train that Toronto needs to make a depth defenseman move more than anything else because – we are one injury away. I last night I said we're one injury away from Martin Marincin stepping on the ice. Mike like pointed out to me that actually it would be Timothy Lilligren because Rasmus Sandin is injured. Yeah. And then I said, well, we are now one injury away from Timothy Lilligren playing in the NHL playoffs. Not good. Sorry. Not good. Um, I didn't put Montreal, but I was also thinking if they could, if they don't get Vatnin. Yeah. I think Kulikov could have been fine. Um, though Buffalo, they can be kingmakers here, and you have one about Linus Allmark here. Good goalie. Yeah, you know, with all the talk recently about Philadelphia looking, may potentially looking for a goalie to kind of give Carter Hart a little bit of a reset, I have Linus Allmark going to Philadelphia for a second and Isaac Ratcliffe prospect. Mm-hmm. I think this is could be a really good move for Philadelphia because you know Brian Elliott is a UFA at the end of the year so is Linus Allmark but it gives them the opportunity to have a really good goaltending tandem in Hart and Allmark but you know it really depends on what Allmark is looking for contract wise Mm -hmm. Uh, and do you want to go with your Montour trade as well while you're here oh yeah I just I have him going to Florida now with Ekblad out and they were already looking for a defenseman before Mm -hmm. uh, for a third and Riley Stillman Mm -hmm. Uh, it's funny enough I also have a Florida trade but it's for Taylor Hall for Taylor Hall I think your dog really liked that idea yeah he did he's all about it he's a big Panthers fan (laughs) big Rottweiler see he's even agreeing he's saying let's go Ekblad well wishes to him, by the way. Uh, that's tough. Um, yeah. Taylor Hall, 50 retained to the Panthers in exchange for Mason Marchment. Cheapest guy. Roster player. Warm body. Um, prospect that I'm sure it would need a better spot. I think Buffalo could maybe help him out. Alexi. 
Lexi Hippo Yemi. That's dog for Hippo Yemi, by the way. Um, love to see it. And a, a 2021 second rounder that is a conditional. It becomes a first if the Panthers win the Stanley Cup. Um, I have some unfortunate news for you, though. Has there been a trade? <laughs> no, there's been a signing. Oh, okay. Mason oh. Marchment just uh, signed a one-year contract extension <laughs> with the Panthers. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> What your trade still works. Who cares? Expansion father. <laughs> I damn it. So much. Uh, Who cares about Well, <laughs> go on Twitter, see if there's anything happening. Um, don't think so. Okay. No. I just clicked, I clicked on the uh, Florida Panthers Twitter post that that they extended Mason Marchman. And one of the first ones were they tagged Kyle Dubas and said, I'd rather have this guy over Dennis Mulligan. Okay. That's how you feel, man. Like whatever. Apparently it's 10 year anniversary of game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. where's a book, George? Where's winds of winter. Anyway, it's coming. It's coming. It's been coming for 10 goddamn years. Okay. Uh, that's everything. We're done. Okay. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, of course you did. Follow us on wherever you listen to your podcasts and all that. If it's Apple iOS podcast app, give it five stars. Why wouldn't you? We're great. Um, follow us on Spotify and all those great places. Check out the YouTube portion of the show. It's not really a portion, is it? It's just a version of it where you can see our faces. Yes. And all that. Um what else? I mean, check out our social medias and you know Alex's blog, my YouTube channel, my IL, my IR, bleh, my eye opener article. Check out Daniel's stuff too. He's all right. Hockey writer. I think he's a big deal. Yeah. He is. He's great. We like him. And voice it. Don't forget voice. Yeah. Ed. Thank you, the voice set as always, for being <coughs> excuse me. A fantastic platform for the show. Continues yes. to always be great. Sorry, I swore. Um, next episode, I don't know what's going to happen because I won't be here. Sunday after that, we'll be praying that the trade deadline is not going to suck. So, we're hoping. Goodbye.